How do we not die? I'm looking at you, which nerve? Whose blood is that? Is that your blood? No, fuck you, man. Welcome to the Dead Harvey podcast. This is the podcast for both indie horror filmmakers and fans. Here, what we're trying to do is a uh, shine a light on indie horror projects that are out there, both because we want to see more indie horror projects. We want to tell you what's out there. We also want more people watching this stuff. So this is all just about indie horror. We want to get more people making them, more people watching them. And uh, today, we're going to talk about what's coming up in July. Uh, there's a couple things on each of our radar and uh, then we will sort of do a bit of a you know not a deep dive but we'll talk about some of the themes in these uh, in these things that are on our radar and then what we'll do is uh, we're also going to come up with a list of the 10 things we need think you need to watch in July and we'll put that out on our site uh, and we really will do it this time because uh, we've been pretty lazy on on not putting it out there but that's not due to want it's because of time um so anyhow um before we get into stuff that we're looking forward to in july is there anything on your radar that you've watched recently that you want to talk about um yeah i want this sort of ties into remember last week when we were talking about exploitation mm-hmm. um there's a movie called night of something strange and somebody in like one of the joe bob briggs uh facebook groups is talking about it and they're like has anybody seen this this movie's freaking crazy and so uh and they're like, you know, two minutes in, I already see this and I already see this. What the hell is going on with the people that made this movie? So it's basically, you know, have you ever seen uh, the movie It Follows? It's sort of about like, yeah, the, yeah, it it's sort of great. kind of like um, STD zombies, pretty much. Mm-hmm. So like the, the disease travels yeah. between everybody that has sex and and then they have to like have sex with somebody else and pass it on. So it sort of reminded me of that. It's like a zombie sexually transmitted disease. And there are, now this is on Tubi where you can check this out. Sort of uh, has an 80s throwback feel, but it has a lot of you know, what separates this movie from other STD uh, zombie movies is that it has crotch monsters. So, oh, oh well. <laughs> I mean, <laughs> doesn't cost any money to, to watch this one because it's on Tubi, but uh, you want something weird and that will, uh, and it's very uh, politically incorrect and it will offend um, people with sensitivities. Uh, check this one out. It's, it's a good one. Wow, I, I this reminds me. What was there's trauma? Was it uh, was class in Newcomb High, which had yeah. the mm-hmm. uh, the killer killer penis? Uh, right, uh, right. Uh-huh. That, that's the first thing that <laughs> popped into my well, head. Well, trauma crotch also. Monsters. Yeah, they also had one called uh, trauma. Uh, trauma has crotch monsters quite a bit. Yeah, it could become its own uh, subgenre if the STD uh, zombie trend continues. So, <laughs> yeah, there you go. Um, <laughs> it's definitely uh, something different. <laughs> well you know what if you're in, into crotch monsters uh well hey, it is an interesting like uh to to go that way because you're uh-huh. going to get a rating that means that, oh yeah like, netflix or amazon is never going to pick you up you're pretty much guaranteed like an unrated rating uh something yeah. that, that something that they couldn't pass by any of the boards for but it is but this movie is actually pretty funny in a lot of spots too but uh but yeah it does have that kind of i mean they're they're really going for like the, the gonzo stuff in this one but it also does have quite a bit of funny shit in it so well it's funny speaking <laughs> of that what, what's on my radar? i have two things on my radar one is one is very much in the crotch monster um realm yeah uh well first off i actually had never watched it before but mm-hmm. actually over the weekend due to our shark horror 
tirade decided to watch the Meg. Oh yeah, yeah. I don't I don't know if it's good or bad, but it's actually it, it you know for a big budget shark horror. I don't know if it's mm-hmm. technically a horror, but uh, I don't know. It's a, it's a big shark. The, the effects in it are are actually pretty good. And, and, yeah. And now, and now knowing that Ben Wheatley is coming out, like like I keep going down. The funny thing about shark horror is some shark horror the, the shark is so bad. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it's just brutal but what i like about shark horror is nine times out of ten you don't have to see it like the meg reused this one scene where it's mm-hmm. that sort of fin that just turns around and comes back and i swear it did the same move every single time yeah it's like oh the meg's coming back and it, and it was the same fin that circles back and goes back and like they're just reusing the same cg fin over and over and over again but i will give credit to the meg because i think they were the first one who did that overhead underwater look at the shark, mm-hmm. which, which I see get used quite a bit. Oh yeah. Mm-hmm. Right. Like, I think that's the first time I saw, you know, where they're, they're overhead. There was that cool scene. There's like millions of people on that beach and yeah. the shark is underwater, which by the way, the shark would never go that close to shore. Yeah. Especially one that big, but it was just kind of a cool shot where, where it was uh, underneath all the swimmers in the, in wherever it was in China. Or yeah. Unless, unless the shark knew that somebody was, had a camera and was going to make a low budget shark movie, then they would, then they would come as close to shallow waters as possible. But yeah. the Meg but, sort of reminded me of like, like a type of movie they would put Arnold Schwarzenegger in in his prime, like commando days or whatnot. Jason mm-hmm. Statham is sort of like the equivalent, you know, he's like the, one of the biggest action heroes now. So aside from the rock, you know, you got Statham, but they're like, what would happen if this reminds me of like a pitch, like some coked out producer would do in the eighties where they're like, what if like, we just had Arnold Schwarzenegger fight a shark and we did the whole movie sort of based around that. Not like, just any shark. Yeah. He has the, the prehistoric megalodon. He's a yeah. Pre- yeah. prehistoric shark. Mm-hmm. So I did finally watch it. I think that's, I'm not going to say that's where I'm done with shark horror, but I had, I, I watched so much low budget shark horror that I kind of wanted to watch a big budget shark horror. Yeah, And now I'm going to go back to low-budget shark horror. But that's actually not what I was going to say was on my radar. A couple days ago, and I don't know how it got forwarded to me, but there's a – you got to look it up. Like, this is Mm -hmm. kind of funny. I don't know if this does anything for anyone's career. But there's a really well-done video, and it's called The Alternate Scene for RoboCop. I think you can Google it. Have you seen it? Oh, is it the one with the more crotch violence? Yes, yes. And he just shoots everybody in the crotch. (laughs) Because there's that... Because there's that one scene where they're attacking that lady. She's like by the billboard or something, and yep. she's and she's standing in, in front of the bad guy. And so her dress is there, and they shoot her through the dress, and it goes into the guy's crotch behind. Yes, her. yeah, yeah, yeah. That's yeah. the scene. That's the scene. And and and, it's, <laughs> yeah. and I gotta say, whoever did like it, talking about like so he blows up. I don't know, like a hundred crotches in the scene, mm-hmm. right? Like, like yeah. and it, and it's over the top. But what I thought was super entertaining about it, someone forwarded it to me, and I'm watching uh-huh. it. And the beginning, the first part of it is, I, I swear, was the the scenes from Robocop. Yeah melded to this mm-hmm. to these new scenes but clearly they had a dude in a, in a robocop outfit because it's not peter weller <laughs> yeah right? it's 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 the other guy but it was very seamless and really well done like it yeah. was it, it's the exact same scene where it's like you know okay you know your move creep or whatever he does yeah and then the guy's got the girl and he shoot like you said he shoots him across and goes down and i think it's i don't know if it's a famous scene from robocop but everyone knows that scene if you've seen that oh scene. yeah yeah right and then all of a sudden out of the blue another like rapist comes up with another girl and he shoots another guy in the crotch. And then all of a sudden it just turns into, he's just shooting literally hundreds of dudes in the crotch <laughs> and it, it's totally explicit. There's, uh-huh. there's full frontal male nudity and full frontal male nudity exploding like all over the place, but it's really well done. And I think it's got like millions of views. I think you can find it. It is. It does merge very, very well too with like the footage from uh 
or at least looks like it's merging to the footage from the first RoboCop. But and also it makes me miss uh, the days of the great Paul Verhoeven movies. And I think those are. <laughs> He's doing movies, but they're not like they used to be. Not you know, like Starship not, yeah. Troopers yeah, or, yeah. Or, or RoboCop or any of this stuff. That he's he doing more kind of artsy stuff now in small yeah. movies. Yeah, yeah, you know what? You know, he's getting older. It's, it's fine. But, but it doesn't matter. Good. He's already done some of the most awesome movies ever. Awesome made, so movies. And got yeah. away with a lot. No. Like like the Starship yeah. Troopers gore <laughs> that he got away with mm -hmm. was like, I remember watching Starship Troopers and, and going, how is he getting away with this? Like, mm -hmm. like this, this is like some of the gore in there was over the top. But anyway, I watched that and, and it made me think it's like someone very talented put this short yeah. together that is literally unwatchable to 97% of the population because <laughs> yeah. it's just exploding groins. <laughs> and and what it, it did, like, is it something that someone can do in an afternoon? And just be like, oh, I don't like, know. Or think... did this did some guy work on this for like a month and a half? I think that amount of crotch balance is a passion project. It's taken over <laughs> weeks and months, practically. Yeah. But fuck, yeah. It, fuck was it, it was funny. And I was like, I hope this forwarded this guy's career. Like, mm -hmm. I hope he could show that to someone and it and it enabled him to get somewhere in his career because someone put a lot of work <laughs> and thought into recreating that scene with like a thousand exploding crotches. And, and <laughs> yeah. I was I was super impressed. See, I've seen uh, tons of short movies, um, and that one stuck out in my head right away when you mentioned it. it's been a couple of years since I've seen it. So see how effective that was? Yeah. Well, like, it, it, yeah. yeah, you can mm -hmm. see, and it's just well done. I Hopefully mm -hmm. that guy's going on to have a decent career. Um, so so moving on, we'll talk about what we're looking forward to in July. Yeah, maybe um, he's like the crotch violence consultant for Hollywood. Yeah, it's true. <laughs> you know how some people have doctor consultants mm -hmm. to come on and, and talk about, like, let's make sure that. Let's make sure that this this arm break looks real, or 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 or, the, or that we're talking about real medicine here. That it, he comes on set when it's like, hey, we got to explode a couple crotches in this movie. <laughs> He's like, well, you got to hire Bob. Bob knows how to <laughs> yeah. explode a crotch, and if you want it, you want it realistic, bring him in. He's the oh, union crotch guy. Yeah, don't you know him? He's the, he did the RoboCop exploding crotch short. He's he's the he's the exploding crotch guy. Um. Yeah, hopefully, even if that's his career now, mm -hmm. about being pigeonholed, God bless him. Yeah, there's awesome some good crotch violence in um, Night is Something Strange, too, because to take out the, the villains in this, you know, like regular zombies, you got to shoot in the head. Well, in this movie, you got to shoot them in their, in their privates to, to be able uh, to take them out, because that's where their brains have sort of moved to. Something about, <laughs> like, and this would go into the movie that's on my radar, too. There's, some, there's certain stuff that just stick in that people, like, it goes to that Simpsons line. Mm -hmm. the, the, like which movie did you like remember when they're when they're they have the film festival yeah it's like well, well well flanders movie was 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 super entertaining and it had a deep meaning but football in the groin had a football in the groin <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> there's something about groin shots and groin violence that's just always going to get a laugh there's just nothing you can do about it so yeah unless you're the one whose groin is exploding yeah you know <laughs> you know they have squibs and special effects <laughs> Uh, so yeah, I'll move it on to like in July, what we're looking forward to. I mean, I, I, I we're, we're kind of, I think it feels a lot like, 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 like June too, where there's a lot of stuff coming out and I, I don't know if they're, if they're just kind of putting out a bunch of stuff that they didn't want to put out before, but it does seem like there's a lot. And, and like you were saying, a lot of it seems kind of generic, like kind of not like anything that's going to be super pumped about, but we did find a couple mm -hmm. that, that are, are ones to look forward to. So I don't know if you want to go first or or I should go first, but um, let's go with uh, I'll go with mine first, okay? Uh, just so we can end because yours is a lot funnier. The one that I'm looking forward to, and, and it, most people are going to be able to check it out, is it's on Netflix. It's called Fear Street Part One, 1994. Yeah, 
Um, it, it, it's based on uh, so what's the guy's name? The guy who did Goosebumps, R.L. R.L. Stein. Yeah, these books are a little based, a little after my time. Now, were these based on like R-rated? They are the ones that he they wrote are for R-rated. They're, they're okay. lesser known books from that okay. guy. So the Goosebumps one were for kids, and this was his adult oriented one. Okay, and it, not, okay. and it was not that well known. Um, but of course, everything's getting adapted. It's a name, and it works. There's three feature films that Netflix is going to do on this, and and apparently they're gory. These are R-rated yeah. uh, horror films uh, about a series of brutal slangs and a, and basically a teen and her friends try to take on this evil force that's plaguing their their town uh, that, that that apparently the town is known for. So it's it's really in that goosebumps, like the same kind of storyline stuff that you're used to, but it's it's going to be an R-rated adult version of that stuff but the cool thing that stands out for me in this and and it and it made me think that it's something that filmmakers could probably utilize and that i think we don't see enough of is the fact that it's based in 1994 yeah oh yeah definitely and and stranger things did this was stranger things was more 80s than than Mm -hmm. 90s american horror story did this quite a bit where they, they hop around for like 1984 and 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 different time zones but there's something cool about being able to recreate recent history for something yeah. because it's easy to do. It, it, it's not that hard to shoot something. And people have this nostalgia take that they kind of, it, there's something that instantly that they'll take to, because it's something that they remember. Like if you're going to make something take place in 1998, you can use certain music, clothing and looks and, and make jokes and things that, that, that people that, that drag them into it. Cause I mean, realistically, if you think about stranger things, if stranger things took place and just current time takes place in 2021. Mm-hmm. I don't think it has the appeal that it has taking place in, in, in whatever 1980 or, or what it's for sure. Yeah. The nostalgia is half of what makes that show work. Yeah. Yeah. And, 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 and basically nodding their head to all the, all the stuff of the, 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 all the genres and films of that era and being able to work it all into one. I mean, I think that's what makes stranger things work. So well. yeah. And also sort of doing like a PG 13 version of the, all the Stephen King stuff. Cause like a lot of the medical experiments sort of remind you of Firestarter, And then even the fonts are Stephen King, like in a bit, but like a lot of the concepts they take are very Stephen King, like, but then they make it PG 13. And then they also incorporate other shows um, like ghostbusters that are part of that popular culture and everything else. So it's a really, it's definitely like a, a total nostalgia milled show. Yeah. Yeah. But but this one would be like the opposite. This one would be like a guy who's primarily known as a children's author and then going for more of like an R-rated concept. Because I remember I was in college when these books came out and the kids were reading them. So I just kind of heard about him. And then I did hear about him doing some like books that were more for adults. So that, that is what these are based off of though, right? Yeah. Yeah. They're based so, on the ones okay. that he did as adults. But I like yeah. the fact that they're, they take place in recent history. So yeah. I think there's yeah. like he's pulling from, from uh, like totally pulling from a Stranger Things type of thing. And yeah, uh, to be honest, that's part of the reason I want to go look at it. Because now I'm expecting all these nods to 1994, which of course yeah. I remember pretty um, clearly. As, uh, I don't remember it, any of the nineties. <laughs> actually, that was you and I were. <laughs> that was right when we were in film school. Yeah. So, uh, but actually, the cool thing about that would be is if there is nods to uh, yeah. uh, to, to films of that era, I, I, there's never been a time in my life that I watched more movies than than we did when we were. Oh, old. definitely. Yeah. Yeah. So, yeah, I just think it's really cool. That's that's the one thing that I looked at. I was like, that's pretty cool. I like the fact that they're doing these now. These these nods to it, it's like but Stranger Things, American Horror Story, and I'm, I was trying to think. There's got to be other films out there but i think as a filmmaker it's a cool take you could totally recreate 1996 it's not that hard right like to yeah find a neighborhood that looks like it and get everyone dressed in that way and you can make a bunch of inside jokes around i think it's a pretty cool cool angle to take well for horror it works it works good too because during that time which was like really before 
uh, cell phones hit big or the internet hit big or anything like that. So mm-hmm. not as many people had those, you know, those kind of things, like those kind of modern things. You have to like really write around like how, how can't somebody get out of the situation because technology will help them get out of the situation. Less That's technology true. you have, the the better you have to have like the, the villain be able to get away with more and the hero not be able to escape as easily, you know, the more creative. That's actually a really good point things, yeah. too. It's a really good point too. Like when you take place in night, like there's so much shit now that you see, it's like you have a cell phone and they have to establish why the yeah. cell phone doesn't work or, or like, why would no one find this guy? He's clearly right. got GPS on him. But when you, you make it take place in 94 or any time before that, you strip out a lot of that. And like, you get to those really like, yeah being going for a walk in the woods with no cell phone seems pretty damn freaky i didn't have a cell phone in 94 i don't think i yeah. had one in 94 i think i didn't get one until maybe 98 i think 98 yeah. i got i got a brick nokia phone yeah uh, and that was that had snake on it that was the that was the <laughs> last time i did it. but anyhow this one i'm looking forward to i, I just think like first off I, I love the idea of I like the idea of a series, right? Like instead of a standalone, that it's something that we're going to look at over three movies. Mm-hmm. Uh, I like the fact that it's 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 the same guy who's done a series of stuff. We're going to look at an R-rated version or a gory version of that. Uh, there's just a lot of stuff to look forward to uh, with it. I think it's uh, I'm looking forward to that one. So that's the one that's on my radar there. Fear Street it, Part One, 1994. I don't know what the rest of them are going to be. Called. Well, I think that the rest of them are going to come out in like a couple of weeks of each other, right? I think they may all be coming out in in July, or I could be wrong, but I think they're sort of spaced out a couple of weeks apart. So you're going to have oh, basically so, three and, and movies take, coming out right next to each other. Yeah. And the cool thing is they take place in different eras. So now looking at it, it's it's Fear Street Part Two, 1978. So that mm-hmm. one's going to take place in 1978. And then Fear Street Part Three is sixteen sixty six. Oh, okay, that's cool. Okay. So they they've got it's a, it's a trilogy event. It's taking place over the three different eras. So it's time based there. They're going I back mean, in time with each one. They're going so, back yeah, in yeah, time yeah. with each one. So I'm assuming they're going to probably jump around a little bit. I, I think that's that's pretty cool. I also love the idea too because it, it does. It's teenagers, right? And, and mm-hmm. where you get that stuff like Stand by Me or It or or, or different things where you have a group of teenagers that are exploring some yeah. sort of evil. It, it's such a good vehicle for exploring it because they're 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 stupid enough to go look for evil, right? And and yeah. and you, you right. totally excuse you totally excuse a group of thirteen year olds to go look for a dead body. It's and stand true. By me, whereas it's true. You know, you and I are probably either just not going to bother, or we just call the cops. Yeah. Uh, whereas the, the a group of kids are like, we could do this ourselves. That's why it works in Stranger Things. That's why it works. Yeah. In this, and when you're a kid, it's an adventure. Like when you're an adult, it's like this is way too much work to even like walk to this place. Yeah. <laughs> so. Yeah. Exactly. It's fucking terrible. So. so I mean, there's a lot of cool stuff to look forward mm-hmm. to in that, and uh, that's what's uh, that's what's on my radar. So what are you what are you looking forward to in July? So I think actually, well, the one that I picked is well the one that i thought had the most interesting concept is not the one that i picked the one that had the most interesting concept was the new m night movie however mm. this one m night is picked, such a hitter m night is such yes, a hitter yes he he's such he a hitter mess i actually like some of his stuff and there's other stuff that i'm just like i i i used to get so excited like i think like yeah. when it was when we were around signs around that era yeah. mm-hmm. i was like super excited about everything but i also think signs was the one that made me go i'm not going to be super excited anymore yeah like when i mean there was lots of good parts of that movie aside except for the fact that like aliens decided to come invade a planet where it's 70 percent water and water is what takes them out so that yeah, certainly doesn't make any sense make, but yeah. anyway, but anyway yeah. no he's yeah. hitting mess no he, he does have some really cool concepts and some stuff but it's just execution wise um, some of it works for me and some of it doesn't, but yeah. the reason, but I did think that he had the most interesting concept of all the movies, but, um, this movie here is more indie friendly. It's more, definitely okay. like more of an indie movie. So that's why I picked it. And plus 
it was that for the reason and the fact that it's puppet adjacent. So, so as puppet, you know, I love horror movies, so the, I'll always lean on the side of horror movies. But yeah, like puppet it, horror but it, movies. But. Does that mean it, it's puppet friendly or it, it's puppet? That means it's puppet. It's it's uh, adjacent to the puppet horror genre. So this now this mm. this puppet in here doesn't look like he's being puppeteered. It's a still puppet, but it's like it's still something that that's creepy. That's like an object that looks like something that could move around a text. So it's like think of like you know the movie we we're talking about, uh, Benny loves you, the movie with mm-hmm. like the doll that goes and attacks people. It's like that, but like they have him still, and then something comes out of it and attacks people in this one. So less oh, okay. budget because you don't have to puppeteer it, but something comes out of the puppet. So basically, what this is is, and this is like a super like animal, like animals puppet friendly, right? Exactly, yeah. Puppet, yeah. puppet, puppet adjacent. Puppet like you friendly. wouldn't see her like move as much, but like if you turned around and like you looked at something else, and then you look mm-hmm. back to where she was before, all of a sudden she's missing, or all of a sudden she's sitting closer to you. That kind of yeah. like puppet. Yeah. Adjacent. It doesn't require. It's, <laughs> right. it's not like Ted. Uh, right, or, right, or or that requires a puppeteer, or, or Chucky, uh, or anything like that, or yeah. Chucky, or anything like that. Yeah, no, okay. So this it. is and super creepy cover too. It reminds me of those covers of like those eighties horror movies, like Slugs and um, things like that, where like somebody's just buried in bugs, and you like you see yeah. their face come out. It's like this lady, her face is coming out yeah. of so what's just the, amount so what's of bugs. What's it called? I, I don't it's think called it's called the so. Nest. Oh, the Nest. Uh, so there's a couple different movies called the Nest. This is not to be confused with a, a much classier one with um, Jude Law that came out in 2020, which is available on Showtime now. This is a 2021 one. Ness is coming out this month. This is basically the description of IMDb as a mother's reality explodes around her. She struggles to fathom the entangled web of her daughter's separation anxiety brought on by parasitic creatures within a stuffed bear. So the beginning of this, it shows like the mom and like the kid, they go to like this little outdoor garage sale. And the mom's like, look at this cute little bear. Do you want this? And so she's obviously buying the bear to help the child deal with separation anxiety. Maybe she's getting divorced or something like that. So, uh, and then like, first of all, whenever they talk about like how these uh, puppets or things like this or demonic Mm -hmm. creatures are cute, they never are. They're always like super creepy looking. This little bear has these giant black eyes, but like no pupils in them, just giant black eyes, like a soulless hell spawn. And the mom's like, look how cute this little bear is. So the the kid's like, this is great. So the kid gets attached to this bear. And then in the movie, it shows, so it doesn't show the bear moving or being puppeteered or anything, but people that the uh, bear wants to take out, maybe they get too close to the daughter. Maybe the bear wants to like be her friend only. It doesn't really say, but the part of this bear opens up and this bug comes out of it and crawls into people's mouths and attacks them and everything. So the parasitic entity inside of the mm-hmm. bug, inside of this teddy bear that goes and attacks people. Yeah. Inside of the super creepy, creepy looking teddy bear too. I just kind of, I just brought it up <laughs> yeah. right now. It is a creepy bear. But it's yeah. oddly, it, it, the nest is a new name. It was originally called the bewailing. Mm. Okay. Which is kind of interesting. But no, that's a creepy bear. I think what makes it creepy is the eyes. The eyes mm-hmm. what make it creepy there. There was actually another movie that I was looking at that's coming out this this month that was about black eyed kids. Um, and I was like, but that's what makes them so creepy. It's like, you know, there's an urban legend about black eyed kids. Anytime, mm-hmm. like when you don't sell the peoples in, when you don't see the peoples in the eyes, or if they're like strictly white when they become like a zombie, or if they're just either way, like you don't have anything in the middle of the eye. So this looks like, so the guy, James Suttles, who is the, uh, I think he's the producer director on it. He looks like he's just a, he does a lot of indie stuff. He's, uh, but he has, he's, he's produced, look, no, he looks like he's a cinematographer. He's got 21 credits as a cinematographer, but he's got, um, six as, uh, as a director. Um, and two of them are just, uh, are, are coming out after this one. He, he's also known for Red Dirt Rising, Reunion 108, and The Evil Insider, all of which I have no knowledge of. Yeah. But, uh, but he seems very indie. 
Oh, and, and for you, Evil Insider, which was his film. Eric Roberts, this one, just it has, it, yeah. yeah, has Eric <laughs> yeah. Roberts in it. <laughs> I, I just, I mean, I, it was like we were thinking that exact same thing, and almost yeah, the same thing. Don't worry, he's got Eric Roberts, and that that is your uh, you're welcome to indie horror filmmaking. You've got your film with uh, with Eric Roberts, yeah. And this one looks very like much like probably his biggest biggest budget, or at least the best poster and trailer out of out mm-hmm. of he's done so far. So he's he's climbing the ladder of indie horror. I think it's. It's and cool. D. Wallace is in it, who was the mom in E.T., of course. Now, he could have had Eric Roberts be married to her and made it even more bona fide. And why wouldn't, <laughs> yeah. why wouldn't you put Eric Roberts in more stuff? Yeah, Eric Roberts is freaking awesome. Deserves more respect. Just kind of looking at the other the other, the other other guys uh, he's got in this. I mean, they're all active. I mean, this, is, this, this definitely looks worth, worth checking out, for sure. I'm down with it. I'm down with it. Yes, recommended uh, because of puppet adjacency and mm-hmm. D. Wallstone and creepy idea of a bug coming out of a puppet attacking people. Well, yeah, and, and, and the cool puppet. thing about it too is like if you're a filmmaker again, I mean, the interesting thing is like it happened with Annabelle uh, and, and, mm-hmm. and Chucky and everyone. If you can create a sort of entity with a with a doll or a toy or something like that, all of a sudden you've got this you know, gateway to a sequel, obviously. Yeah, right. Definitely. Like, like if this hits and it doesn't even half decent, now you can go pitch. It's like, oh, we're going to put the bear in another movie. And all you need is the bear and get all new actors, right? Yeah. And and uh, you you see that quite a bit. Like that that's exactly what happened with Annabelle. They picked one thing within. And it's like, oh, there was that doll that played, you know, this minor role. Okay, let's explore that one. But, yeah. you, but when you create an entity within your film, that's not just like that's like the bear or or like a doll or, or or something that's puppet adjacent. It may open the doors to uh, sequels because it uh, because hey now you've you've created something you've created you've, you've created some uh, equity in the in the film of a character that you can you can take into something else. So yeah, it's a good tactic. Yeah, yeah. pretty yeah. cool. Looking forward to that one too. All right. Well, uh, you've made it to the end of uh, this episode. Uh, hopefully you enjoyed it. If you uh, are interested in finding out more about Dead Harvey or subscribing to anything that we're doing, please go to deadharvey.com. There you can find, uh, you can subscribe to our newsletter. You can uh, follow us on social. You can uh, also, wherever you listen to podcasts, search for Dead Harvey, subscribe to the podcast. Uh, we'd really appreciate it. And I don't know. We've never asked, but give us a review. If you do like it and do want to uh, review it, I think you can get higher in the listings by giving us a review. If you don't like it, uh, please don't review. Don't, uh, don't get me there because uh, you know, we only like good stuff. So that, that, that's all I got. Uh, anything, any parting comments? Yeah. I'm used to criticism. <laughs> <laughs> Although um, anyways, uh, yes. Don't buy puppets uh, with solo size and yeah. have a good week. All right. Till next time. Night, night. Don't let the bed bugs bite. Thank you.